Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's cup of topic is our third in the series on the Gospels. This one is on the Gospel of Luke. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zenzelow. It is my honor to serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, Gospel of Luke. Let's start with when it was written. All right. So like Matthew, as we said in our last cuppa, it was written about the same time as Matthew in a different region of the area. Okay. And so scholars believe that it was written around the 80s or 90s and used both the Gospel of Mark as a source and a Q source of the sayings of Christ from way early, about the same time as Paul was writing his letters in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Okay. For more specific information on that, you can reference back to the podcast on Matthew. Sounds good to me. All right. So we have another one of these kind of longer gospels. We've gotten away from the very beginning where everyone knows the story. Now we're getting a little bit older, so we need to add a little bit of stuff in. And the Gospel of Luke then racks in at 24 chapters, but Luke has a sequel. Oh my goodness, bonus material. Bonus, a whole bonus book. Wow. So the same writer of Luke also wrote the book of Acts. Why didn't it just get put into Luke? Because they're separate stories. Okay. So the Gospel of Luke is the story of Jesus's life. Okay. The book of Acts is the story of the apostles, the Acts of the Apostles. Okay. And how they started the church and how the church became to be. The Gospel of Luke tells the story from like, I mean, we'll, we'll suppose it tells the story from like the years zero through 30. Okay. And the book of Acts tells the stories from like 30 through 60. Okay. And none of the other Gospels get into that particular part. Correct. Okay. The book of Acts is the only book that we have that tells the story in kind of a narrative form of the early birth of the church. Okay. We then have letters from Paul and others that kind of fill in that time, that 30 through 60 time. But the only kind of narrative version of that part of our story is the book of Acts, which is the same author as the book of Luke. All right. So where then do we begin with Luke? Luke also begins with the birth narrative. Okay. So Mark does not have it. Matthew has the birth narrative. Luke has the birth narrative. But where Matthew focuses more on Joseph's point of view, Luke is very different and kind of awesome for the two women who are sitting here recording this, right? Because in the gospel of Luke, what the gospel writer does is silences all the men. That's pretty fabulous. For the first chapters. And we get the story, not only of the birth narrative of Jesus, we start with the birth narrative of John the Baptist. Oh, who is technically a little older. Right? And so we get the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, gets literally silenced. And then Elizabeth becomes pregnant. And then we get the story of Mary, and we get what is called the Annunciation, the story of the angel coming to Mary and telling her that she will be with child. So all the kind of Christmas nativity stuff that you're used to, sure, totally Gospel of Luke. That's where all that comes from. Okay. And then Mary goes off and meets with Elizabeth, and we don't hear anything from Joseph. He has no line. Zachariah is still silenced, so we have this awesome exchange between Elizabeth and Mary. 
And that's where we get Mary's song, her Magnificat, My Soul Magnifies the Lord. And then we continue on through the genealogy that is present in the Gospel of Luke is the genealogy of Mary's line. Nice. And so we get to see how the line of Jesus comes through Mary, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So that's where we begin in this particular gospel. Is there anything else that might be different? Do you get different stories? You don't get a lot of his childhood. Right. We only have one story between the birth and then his baptism. And that's here in Luke. Okay. And it's actually in the gospel of Luke, the first words of Jesus spoken are when he's 12. Oh, and in the other two, it was at his baptism by John the Baptist, right? So far. And so this one, we get words from Jesus in chapter two, verse 49. And what has happened is the family has gone to Jerusalem to observe the high holidays. And so they've gone on this long journey with a whole bunch of people. Think of it like a big caravan where everyone is kind of taking care of the kids. (laughs) And yet nobody really knows exactly where the kids are at any given moment. There you go. (laughs) All right. So they've gone in, they've done the Jerusalem thing. They're heading back to go home. And Mary and Joseph, a couple days in, to their journey home, realized Jesus isn't there. Uh huh. So their 12-year-old has run away. I thought you knew where he was. <laughs> you were supposed to be in charge. <laughs> you could totally just hear this, right? Through all the aunts and uncles and everybody else. I can right. totally see that happen. So the other kids get sent with the rest of the caravan back to the city, and Mary and Joseph make their way back to Jerusalem to go find Jesus. Oy. And all the things that you can imagine, like the anger and the frustration and the how dare he's and the absolute terror. Outright fear. Right. And all the things that parents feel. You just have so much sympathy for Mary and Joseph at this point in time. And they come in and they find their precocious 12-year-old in the temple. And Mary and Joseph kind of scold him. And then Jesus replies back, and this is verse 49, Jesus said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? It does sound like a 12-year-old. Doesn't it? Well, duh. <laughs> duh. Of course I'm going to be here. And, and he's kind of holding court. He's talking with the rabbis in the temple. He's totally teaching and asking questions and all that kind of stuff when they find him. And they're angry, but they're kind of amazed. And he has this precocious answer. And... If we, again, think about what are the implications then for what this gospel is trying to say? Why were you looking for me anywhere else but right in God's house? Of course, I'm going to be where people are looking for God, where people are seeking God, where people are learning about God. Where else could I be? Interesting. And so that kind of sets a tone for who Jesus is throughout the gospel of Luke. Okay, so what else is a characteristic of Luke then? It has a really strong focus on healing, not exorcism. Like the <laughs> that Gospel was of Mark, Mark, right? A strong focus on healing. And some suppose that the author of Luke may have been a physician. So you'll often hear Luke the physician. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of healing conversation that goes on. Healing from leprosy, healing from illnesses, all of those kinds of things. You find a lot of that in the Gospel of Luke. The other really interesting part is that there's a ton of women's voice in Luke, not oh. just in the beginning, 
but woven throughout the entire gospel. Whenever you hear a story that kind of lifts up a man as an exemplary of faith, then you immediately get an example of a woman being the exemplary of faith. And so it's this balance. And many women are included and speak and are even named in the gospel of Luke. And so it's a strong female voice within this gospel. Oh, I did not know that. And again, some scholars suppose that perhaps it could be that the gospel writer of Luke was a woman. As well as a physician? Mm-hmm. Nice. A healer. And so no proof, no. no specific proof on this, but it's bandied about, and it's certainly something that people have questioned and wondered about with the amount of kind of advocacy that Luke does for these feminine outcasts, these women who would not have had any, by culture, would typically not be included and would not be given voice. Luke really does a strong job of doing that. That is fascinating. Now, does he end at the resurrection or does it go further? The Gospel of Luke kind of goes farther. So we have the crucifixion scene, then we have a resurrection scene. We have some scenes where they are together post-resurrection. It's a really interesting scene in the Gospel of Luke because they make sure that they show that Jesus eats food. Okay. Because like a ghost. Not a vampire. Right. Not a vampire, not a ghost. Okay. Jesus is really, really corporeal, really real. Jesus eats food and says, give me some fish after he resurrects. So that's a piece of that. And it goes all the way through the ascension. It ends with the promise of the Holy Spirit and the ascension, but no great commission, unlike Matthew. Okay. And then Acts picks right up where this gospel leaves off. Okay. All right, then playing the game, how (laughs) do you know which gospel you're in without looking? How would you know you're in Luke? I would be watching for women's voices to be included and lifted up. I would be watching for outsiders in general to be lifted up and included in this. For example, Roman officers or slaves or other folks like that look for healings, not specifically exorcisms, but look for healing. And those things will all give you the clue that you're probably in Luke. Excellent. All right, last question. Favorite verse? It's the Magnificat. Luke chapter 1, 46 to 55. Going back to Mary. Going back to Mary. And in recent years, just thinking about that being Jesus's lullaby. (laughs) Oh, there's an interesting twist. Right? And that being the song that Jesus is raised with, and just the countercultural empowerment of that, it's pretty awesome. That's lovely. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the Gospel of Luke. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for joining us. Remember that you can find us on our website at centralportland.org. Contact us through Facebook or send us an email at podcast at centralportland.org. We would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.